Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, my name is Craig Beck, and I'm from StopDrinkingExpert.com, the website where we help people just like you to break the loop of alcohol addiction. First up, big apologies for the uh, time confusion. Uh, I didn't realize that the clocks went forward in the United States last weekend, so it's not 9 a.m., Eastern Standard Time now, if I'm right, it's 10 a.m. So apologies if you turned up an hour ago and I wasn't here. Uh, you know, one of the one of the stupidest things in the world to me is this clock's going backward and forward. What's the point of that? Why do we do it? But what's even more stupid is that we don't all do it at the same time. There's this weird two-week period where in between America doing it and Europe doing it. We don't do it in, in Cyprus until I think 27th of March or something like that. So just know for the next couple of weeks, this Wednesday thing is going to be uh, an hour forward. It's going to be 10 a.m. and not uh, 9 a.m. Very confusing. Sorry about that. Anyway, welcome to the live support session. If this is your first time here, you are very welcome. You're in a very select but very understanding group here. Uh, everyone who turns up to this live stream are in the same position as you. They could be at different places on the journey, but they know how you feel. There is no judgment here. Doesn't matter whether you're still drinking. Doesn't matter if you're five years sober. We all just come together once a week, and it's uh, I think it's a really valuable thing that we do just to know that we're not on our own. We're not doing this on our own. There are many, many people in the same position who know exactly how we feel. So let's say hello to a few people. Um, I will do my best to keep up with the chat and answer your questions. Uh, it is an Ask Me Anything, so what's and all, any question at all you want to ask, ask it, and I will do my best to give you an answer. Um, so let's say hello. LA is here. Uh, Craig, yesterday was, well, in fact, let's have a look at this. Craig, yesterday was one year. It was quite anticlimactic, unlike three weeks and three months. I expected fireworks. Is this a good thing, showing I'm just comfortable with my new lifestyle from Leslie? Uh, well, I don't think... Alcohol's not a part of your life anymore, is it? And sobriety is something that happens every day. And I'm, I'm not a massive fan of making dates more significant than they need to be. There, there, there are dates in, in, the, in the calendar, in the year, that seem like they should be really important and powerful. And normally they're negative. It's like, you know, you remember the date that somebody died or it's somebody's birthday who died recently, you know, and you feel sad on those days. But why, when you think about it? It's no, the day is no different, is it really, than the day before or the day after? It's just that something in your head tells you, well, you've got to feel like this on this day. And I think, when you're setting yourself up to have pre-programmed emotions on specific days in the in the diary, you're, you're almost setting yourself up to fail if you don't have that feeling. Because how, how can you predict that on, you know, the 16th of March, I'm going to feel sad? Or on the 16th of March, I'm going to feel happy? How can you predict that just because of some arbitrary reason? So I wouldn't worry about it, Leslie. If you had fireworks, then fantastic. If you didn't, fantastic. You're not drinking. It's all good. The situation is good either way, isn't it? So try not to overthink it, uh, says the man who overthinks everything. Stephen Hall is here. Um, Stephen, I'll, I'm going to flag your comment here. I'll come back to it because it's a good point. Uh, Lindsay pointing out uh, to me that it's 10 a.m. in Toronto at the moment, uh, not 9 a.m. because the clocks went forward. 
Uh, thank you, uh, Lindsay. Yeah, I saw your comment and I actually went Googling. What time is it? <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. It's crazy, isn't it? Todd is here. Todd Parker, you're very welcome. Thank you, Todd. Um, thank you for the praise. You're making a huge difference in people's lives. Thank you. We do it together, Todd. That's why we come together. Um, and I'm going to add a little star on your comment there. We'll come back to that one as well. Uh, Michelle is here. K2 is here. Ellie is here. Angela Yu. Chris Bull. Uh, Dina from Australia. We've got Tracy Celia. Am I saying that right? Devon is here. UFO Nut. M. Davey. Anita. Charlie Romeo Whiskey. Um, uh, Lee Views. Hannah. Oh, everyone's here. That's good. So post your questions up wherever you're watching, whether that be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, and I'll do my best to get to them. One thing I wanted to share with you today um, it's kind of a strange situation going on in America, in the States at the moment. There's, there's quite a fuss going on with um, health authorities. Uh, they're very upset and they're very worried. And there's a lot of drama about this because apparently deaths from drug overdose. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about the other drugs, you know, like fentanyl and uh, Oxycontin and heroin. And apparently annual deaths from hard drugs has gone up dramatically. And it's approaching 95,000 per year. Uh, and everyone's getting very upset about it and getting very worried about it. And there's lots of experts going on uh, TV and raising their hands and saying, oh, how terrible it is and how we must do something. Uh, but I just wanted to point out in this blog post that I posted up today, all this drama over drug overdose deaths increasing to 95,000 or thereabout. Well, in America, in the United States, Alcohol has been killing over 100,000 people every year for decades. Where's the fuss? Where's the drama? Where's everyone with their hands in the air going, oh, it's terrible, we must do something? Alcohol's been killing many, many more Americans than hard drugs for years. Where's, where's the fuss? Why isn't everyone screaming saying, oh, we must do something? That's just because of this weird bubble that we live in in the Western world, isn't it? Where alcohol's just kind of woven into the fabric of life. And I forget who I was talking to the other day. Uh, in fact, I was in a coaching session with a lady in Florida who's, uh, she gave up drinking six months ago. And she said she's noticed that alcohol has been woven in everywhere these days. Whereas before, you might have ordered rum and raisin ice cream. Uh, but, you know, you could have given that to kids because it was just essence of rum. It was just the flavoring. It wasn't actually rum. Well, these days, they're putting real rum in it. They're making Bailey's ice cream with real Bailey's in it. So it's like everything is seen as an opportunity to sneak alcohol in. And what I always say, if you want to know if this is insane or not, is change the drug. Imagine if they were finding more and more ways to sneak a bit of cocaine into our food. There'd be uproar, wouldn't there? If you were buying ice cream and you noticed in the ingredients, it just said, and a little bit of cocaine. Wouldn't you be furious? If, and you accidentally gave that to your kids? But that's the world we live in, where alcohol is seen as harmless, when actually the, the reality is it kills millions of people every year. It kills massively more people than heroin. It kills massively more people than cocaine, than fentanyl, than Oxycontin, or any other drug that you can name. Alcohol 
is the daddy when it comes to killing people. So I just wanted to flag that up because it just seemed to me to be silly uh, uh, and a bit hypocritical that everyone's getting their knickers in a twist, as they say, over drug deaths when there's one drug that people don't even like to call a drug that's been killing people much better than that for a lot longer. So there you go. You can go and have a look at that if you want to. Um, it's up on the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com. Let me just remind you that if you're here and you're still drinking or you haven't quite pulled the trigger on your sobriety yet, if you want to take this seriously and do the course, job number one after the, this live stream is to book your place on today's free quit drinking webinar. I'll talk you through the whole process of how it works and explain how you can get started because that's the only way you can get started with me on the full course. If you go to the website, you'll see there's no jo join now button or anything like that. I want to know that you're committed before you sign up. So that's how you do it by the, the webinar. So let's uh, see what comments we got here and see what questions you're firing in my direction today. Let's start with Brad here. Uh, Craig, it seems almost every month I see a story in the local news or the internet of an elderly person being interviewed. And the reporter always asks, what's your secret to a long life? And they always say, one drink a day, a drink a day glass of whiskey a day. I know what you mean. I've seen the same stories. Um, well, you know, the thing is, though, Brad, you never see a really old person, like 105, 110, saying, you know, and they ask them the question, what's the secret to a long life? You never, ever, ever see someone saying the secret is 10 drinks a day. Two bottles of wine a day, that's the secret to long life. Why, why don't you see that? Because they're dead, the people who, who who believe in that theory. The people who have for most of their adult life had one drink a day don't have a problem with alcohol. To them, alcohol is not something that they can't control. It's not something that they have one and then they have to have 10. They have one probably out of routine or habit, and that's it. They're not psychologically addicted to it. They're not physically addicted to it it's just it's just a routine for them it, just like brushing their teeth so if you're a drinker and you're seeing all these old people saying the secret to a long life is having a drink a day you, to, to take some sort of encouragement from that is just lunacy it's just, you're deluding yourself you're taking advice you're, you're a problem drinker taking drinking advice from someone who has no problem at all with their alcohol consumption there's no safety net in that sort of advice so yeah, it's a good point, though, David. I've seen that, too. Uh, Todd says, uh, I lost a friend yesterday I've known since high school, dead in eight weeks after feeling a dull pain in her side, stage three liver disease. Not even as, I think that's supposed to be heavy, not even as heavy a drinker as me, but gone at 57. That's shocking, isn't it? I know, I know three people now who died before the age of 55 alcohol related uh and two of them i knew them 20 years ago and they were famous for being life and soul of the party you know real social people big drinkers but fun drinkers you know didn't stop them dying in in middle age it's, it's shocking and i don't know if you saw the video i made a few days ago about liver disease um i think the, the problem with you know alcohol and liver problems is 
And the reason your friend here died so quickly is that there's no nerve endings in the liver. So you can do a, an enormous amount of damage before you start to physically feel anything. You know, by the time you start to feel pain radiating from the liver region, you've done an enormous amount of damage. So then, you know, how long do you, you know, especially men do this, how long do you put off going to the doctor? How long do you explain it away as, oh, I must have slept funny or, you know. And by the time you eventually get to the doctor and they refer you to a consultant and they do the tests, you're so far down the road that the only solution to your problem is a liver transplant. And I think in the United States, for sure, the, the weight, the average weight for a liver is about four months. Uh, the problem with that is there's no dialysis for the liver. There's, it's not like kidney disease. If you sit down with a doctor and he says you've got end-stage liver failure, you've got about a month, two months maybe. I think by two months, your chance of being dead is about 70%. And you've got to try and make it to about four months to get your liver. And also, don't forget, they're not going to give you a liver if they find out that you destroyed yours with alcohol. They're going to want to see you do three months, six months sober before they even consider you for a liver, by which time you're dead. So pretty shocking stats. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss, Todd. Uh, it's sadly very common. Uh, Michelle. Uh, from Massachusetts. Uh, thank you, Craig, for all your content. It's been a life change for me to view alcohol for what it really is. Haven't had a drink since January. Good stuff. Keep going. Uh, K2, uh, peace to the whole group, the world, Ukraine. Glad to be here. Um, sober eight weeks today from Kurt in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you, Kurt. Um, you know, every time I mention Ukraine and what's going on in Russia, People troll me and say, you know, you shouldn't talk about politics. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> if I want to talk about politics, I will. And I think it is our human responsibility to point at evil when it's being happened and say, unacceptable. What's going on in Ukraine at the moment is, is disgusting. Putin is evil. That's the end of it. Uh, Ellie, good morning. Two months today. Fantastic. Uh, Angela in Australia, welcome. You're very consistent, Angela. It's good to see you here again. Chris says, I found myself laughing at myself at work yesterday as I thought about how you described if drink made you sleep better. <laughs> and then people would see you arrive at work skipping and say, oh, yeah, problem drinking. Yeah. I got an email the other day, Chris, from somebody saying, okay, so if I stop drinking, how do you propose that I will get to sleep at night? Like it's my fault. You know, it's like Craig Beck, the man who spoils people's sleep. It's, you know, and these 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 kind of statements are built on such strong foundations. It's almost like it's impossible for them to consider that alcohol doesn't really help with sleep. It's it's like it's it's stated as though it's a fact. How am I going to get to sleep without alcohol? And you stupid stop drinking course. You know, alcohol just destroys healthy sleep. I should know. You know, I, I used to go to bed at like 8 p.m. Uh, and I'd be in bed for 12 hours and I'd be exhausted the whole day. I would look exhausted. I would have bags under my eyes. I'd be just dragging my body around. I'd be exhausted. And every single night I was in bed for 12 hours. 
for a man who was in bed that much, I should have been as fresh as a daisy, but I wasn't. I was always exhausted. And you know why. Um, Dina, sometimes I wish I could turn the clock back. <laughs> are you upset about the clocks going forward in America, Dina, or are you being more profound? I suspect the latter. And I know what you mean. I wasted so much of my life, probably 10, 15 years of my life, wasted to alcohol. And now I'm nearly 48. It's very sad to think that the, actually the years I wasted were the years when I was young and literally every option was open to me. You know, now I have to accept that uh, as a middle-aged man, there are certain things I can't do anymore. And it's a shame that I wasn't sober when I was younger to appreciate all the opportunities. But hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, a UFO nut. US just stopped the daylight savings time nonsense. Have they? Well, they've done it this year. Are they stopping it in the future? Please let me know. I, I wish we would stop this because it, it doesn't seem any point to it. Um, yeah, M. Davey says, crazy time changes. Let's just stick to this and leave it. Yeah. Why do we need to change? It's all right with your phone. Your phone just changes, doesn't it? But your car's really annoying. Got and, the, and then the, the, the microwave, that'll just have to stay wrong because I don't know how you fix that. Uh, Anita is here from Bellingham, Massachusetts. Is this your first time, Anita? I don't recognize the name. If it is, welcome. Uh, Charlie is 10 days in. Fantastic, Charlie. Keep going. You're just still inside the kick at the moment. You're in the period where alcohol can still physically kick you. So just know that you do another week and you're well and truly out of that zone. Everything gets easier. So just uh, keep going. Um um otaba uh, i'm scared to stop this poison you kind of all the evidence you need that what you think you should do is the correct thing to do is in your statement you just said to me i'm scared to stop drinking poison you know and i understand what you mean but it's a bit like someone saying you know going to a doctor and saying uh, uh, my face really hurts, but I'm scared to stop punching myself in the face. You know, and your language displays this, that you know that what you're doing is not a benefit to you. It's, it, whatever you believe it's giving you is an illusion. It's a, it's a lie. You know that. You're just afraid of the, the future, I guess, without alcohol. Because... It is scary when you've had alcohol in your life for so long. It's been a, you know, a part of your day for decades to consider life without it. It just seems impossible, doesn't it? Try not to think too far ahead. Just take this moment by moment. You know, here we are right now, sober together. And maybe in the next few moments, we'll continue to be sober together. But let's not try and you know, predict that in next year we'll still be sober or for the rest of our lives we'll be sober because human beings are really poor at predicting the future. We're useless at it. So let's not even try. Let's just take it moment by moment and keep turning up to this meeting. Make it a weekly thing that you do, even if you're still drinking, because slowly, slowly, you know, the penny will drop. Leave views. Hey, guys, just want to say hi. Five days sober, feeling great. First day, I went to a pub for my mom's birthday and didn't have a drop. Nice. 
In fact, uh, let's go back to Stephen. Uh, Stephen has just booked a vacation. Uh, how long are you uh, sober for, um, Stephen? Book two cruises, a six-day and a 15-day. First cruises without sneaking in liquor. Nervous, but feel confident. Looking forward to actually being there with my wife mentally. That's a challenge, but uh, it will be amazing. It will be amazing. If you keep that poison out of your vacation, you'll be blown away by how good it is. Uh, what I would say is only do this. Only book vacations when you're solid. When you're when you feel absolutely nailed down, I don't want to drink again. Don't ever do this as a test. If you're feeling edgy, you're feeling, oh, you know, maybe I'll have one, or you've got any sort of that nonsense going in your head, then don't book vacations to try and prove something to yourself. You're just setting yourself up to fail. It's entirely possible to have a wonderful alcohol-free vacation, but just make sure that you're in a very strong position when you go and do it. So good luck, Stephen, and enjoy your vacation. Fantastic. Uh, let's scroll down here. By the way, if you've just joined the live stream and you have any questions, post them up now. I'll do my best to get uh, through all of them. Um, Hannah is here. Uh, I think, is this your first time, Hannah? Uh, Hannah from Detox in Bar Harbor, Maine. Okay, fantastic. Uh, tell us more, Hannah. What made you decide to go to rehab? What was the final straw? How long have you been uh, trying to deal with this on your own? Uh, Caesar is here. Uh, she's Duarte. Hello from Mexico. Welcome. Uh, Ali is here. Sober curious in Baltimore. How long have you been sober curious and what makes you sober curious? What negatives are you seeing in your life, Ali? Share. Let us know. Um, Janet, what do you mean when you miss the buzz? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, Janet. Do you mean when I talk about missing the buzz of alcohol i mean the the euphoria there is a mild uplift at the start isn't there when you start drinking it doesn't last uh, and really it's not really euphoria it's relief that you're you're feeling because the alcohol has made you feel uncomfortable it's applied some pressure on you this is what i call the kick so the alcohol has kicked you and it's hurting you and then when you drink it rewards you by removing the pressure and I guess what we kind of misinterpret is is not we're not really exper experiencing joy. We're just experiencing relief from pain. And th those are two very different things. You know, if if I come up to you and I, I keep hitting you repeatedly and I don't stop and you get used to me just continually hitting you, can you imagine how good it's going to feel when I say, oh, I'm not going to hit you anymore? But that is not something that you could label as being joyful, is it? It's not. That's not happiness. That's just a release from the pain you're under. So that's I, that's what I'm kind of talking about, Janet, when I refer to that. Kelly is here. Good to be here. Good to be here. Clear-headed again. Fought the evil clown last Saturday. First time he showed up in seven months. I won sober in New Jersey. What was his argument, Kelly? What did he whisper in your ear? How did he try and get you? That's the secret, you know, is to laugh at him. But yeah, sometimes you have to give him a bit of respect because he's very creative sometimes. But just step step away from it and go, wow, that was sneaky. Well done. You nearly got me there. But share what he what, what did he say to you? 
Um, James, has it started? It has started. Welcome. Uh, Philip is here. He's working but listening. Are you doing that thing that we used to do at school, Philip, when you used to have a, you used to have a Walkman and you put the lead up the inside of your, your jumper and, it, and you'd sit, sit on your desk listening to the teacher like that? Is that what you're doing? That's how I imagine you right now. Um, live from New York. It's a sober life. I miss New York. I want to go back. Um, Dina, I'm curious why people count the days. I know when I stopped, but I can't see a reason to count the days. Um, yeah, I mean, it's alcohol is a big thing in people's lives. And some people, you know, they, they've done it before they, they've stopped for a week. They stopped for a month. They stopped for three months. And I think people have kind of numbers in their head that, that demonstrate that they're being successful. So if they've previously done 30 days, when they get to 31 days, it's like a mini victory. And then they just carry on counting. They go, oh, now, now I've done 60 days. Wow. Um, I don't think it's particularly healthy. I don't think it's a disaster. I don't say you must not do it. Other, you know, I just, I don't, I think it gives too much power to alcohol. It, it, you know, you don't count the days since you had an apple, do you? You don't go around telling people, you know, it's 31 days since I had an apple. Because everyone think, why are you so weird about apples? Wouldn't they? They wouldn't say, oh, well done. Congratulations. But it's just one of those things. Um, Shell, I think women have more expectations than men. In what regard, Shell? I'm trying to think back to what I've said. Give me some uh, more information on that. What do you mean? Uh, James is here. Uh, hello from Lower Manhattan. Welcome. Uh, Trish is here from Florida. Welcome, Trish. Um, thank you, Celia, and welcome. Um, Johnny Cola 86. There was another alcohol channel I watched. Ah, oh, you're cheating on me, huh? Uh, which was good, but turned cruel at the end, telling us to unsub and go away. Even did a Q&A drunk, I think. Please don't do that to us. Wow. Yeah. They, look, I'll tell you a little secret here. Um, there is a, there's a stop drinking book out there written by a very famous author. Uh, you know, if you go to Amazon's uh, type in quit drinking books, you will get a big list. Mine will be there. You'll see others. Uh, one of those authors uh, drinks a bottle of wine a night. Uh, I have it on good authority. Obviously, I will not name any names, but uh, people relapse, don't they? But, you know, <laughs> to publicly go on YouTube and tell people to unsubscribe. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe it's just getting to them. Um Dorian, uh, here in Spain, everything is red because of the Sahara dust. I know it's a nightmare. We get it here as well. Um, Peter, four and a half months free of alcohol. Thank you for being a big tool in my toolbox. Yeah, calling me a big tool, huh? You're welcome. Mick is here. Uh, did everyone see Mick's video, by the way? Mick recorded like a 25-minute uh, video of his journey to sobriety. It's really fascinating. He's really down to earth. Um, if you didn't see it, go to the YouTube channel after this and search for it. Uh, it's worth listening to. Uh, and thank you for doing that, Mick. It's really, really good. Um, Dina says, 
FYI, Australian government is cutting the excise on alcohol, beer, mainly, I think, by 50% in an effort to encourage people to go out again now that COVID restrictions have been lifted. Crazy. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's such a sh short-sighted policy, isn't it? You know, they'll, they'll be getting pressure from the, the, uh, the retail sector, won't they, from bars and pubs and things saying look you've got to do something to help us otherwise we're going to you know close bars and people are going to lose their jobs so they've done this but then they're going to have to mop up the damage that comes from you know all the health problems all the violence all the policing costs it's just so short-sighted it's crazy louisa m uh first time here at the live stream haven't had a drink since christmas any advice for when you go to your in-laws for a meal and they always put a wine glass at your place setting Yes. Um, depends on your relationship with your in-laws. Um, I always say that if there are people in your life who are very close to you and they love you and you know that they love you and you, 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 know, you can be totally honest with them, it's best just to have a little sit down with them and explain what you're doing. Um, Try not to make excuses for why you're doing it. You know, don't say, oh, I'm on antibiotics or I'm just taking a little bit of a break or I'm just doing this. Uh, just tell them, look, this is the decision I've made. It would really help me if you didn't serve me alcohol or don't even put a wine glass in front of me. Just put a glass of orange juice in. Can you do that for me? Get them to actively engage in the process. Don't just say it in passing. You know, have a proper conversation with them where you look them in the eyes and you ask them to do something very specific for you. And if they love you, if they care about you, they should do that. They should do that. Um, if they don't, then you maybe need to draw a line in the sand and just, you know, be a little bit firmer about it. Um but then don't don't feel bad about them doing it. They're, I don't think they're doing it because they want to trip you up or anything like that. It's just that people who are still in the loop firmly believe that alcohol is a good thing. It's a benefit. It's a nice thing. And so they want you to have a nice thing. Uh, and they, they want you to enjoy being with them. And they're, they're kind of, you know, they think wine is a part of that process. So it's it's not a negative thing, but you might just have a little conversation with them. Um, Elaine, seven months with thanks to you. I'm a big curry program fan. I struggle watching all these celebrities cooking and normalizing wine, almost uh, like I'm missing out. Yeah. But you know why they do this. You know, you go to any fancy restaurant, any Michelin-starred restaurant, and ask the head chef, do you need wine? to enhance a meal. They're all going to say yes. Why? Because that's where they make their profit. You know, they're charging you, you know, you you buy a bottle of wine in a in a restaurant that you would spend, you know, $20 on in a supermarket. The, the restaurant's going to charge you like $100 for that. It's pure profit. It's pure profit because they know that you're there for several hours and you're probably going to drink more than one glass. And after you've drank more than one glass, you're going to order another bottle. And after you've had the first bottle, you're going to be thinking, well, we, you know, we're here for another two hours. Better get another bottle. And before you know it, you've basically paid for their next vacation. So chefs, 
and restaurant owners will always tell you that you have to have wine if you want to have a good meal. It's not true, though. It's, you know, it'd be like asking a heroin dealer if, if you think it's a good idea to use heroin. Of course, they're going to say yes, aren't they? Um, <laughs> James says, turn the glass over. Yeah, could do. Um, let's have a look. Elaine is here. Uh, hi, Craig. My first time here after many attempts to stop drinking. I'm really beginning to see the lights. What was the penny drop moment, Elaine? What was the key thing that made you go, okay, I get it now? Um, Kat says the US knew about the drug problem. They screwed up the pandemic, I guess that is, uh, and had to divert attention to something else. They created the drug problem in the first place. But certainly with pain medication. I know in the United States, uh, painkiller addiction is huge. Compared to the United Kingdom, it's is massive. They don't they don't really have that problem in the UK. There's a lot of codeine addiction, but uh, there's no oxycontin addiction. No, there's very little tramadol addiction. But it's all very very tightly controlled in the UK. In the United States, it seems that you just have to sneeze and they're going to give you a highly addictive painkiller, and that's a problem with the system. And it, it really has created a rod for their for their backs there. Uh, Philip, uh, can you help me cut down on coffee? It's my favorite drug, but I have too much. Maybe I should cut it out one day a week, but I like it so much. Uh, I, we we went kind of, it's the caffeine, I'm guessing, that you like, not the coffee, yeah? So in my experience, we went decaf about a year ago, and honestly, can't tell the difference. The only time I, I notice the difference now is when I have caffeinated coffee and I feel a little bit weird. I feel a little bit anxious and on edge, like jittery. <laughs> it's because I'm used to drinking decaf. But honestly, uh, I changed it without telling my wife. And after about a month, she said to me, uh, oh, make me a coffee. I'm feeling tired. And I said, well, you do know we're on decaf, don't you? She, she had no idea we'd switched anyway. So try that. Uh, Emma Lee Boa, six-ish years sober. Thanks to Craig. Thank you. Well done. Six years. Fantastic. Um, and Jessica Rollinson Sims, 88 days alcohol-free. I feel like I've escaped a terrible trap. Your book, Hypnotherapy and William Porter's Alcohol Explained, have all helped. Thank you. Uh, I do like Alcohol Explained. Very good book. Um <laughs> RV man, I'm going to give you a job. Hey, room, don't forget to hit that like button. It's a small thanks to Craig. And it it really is the biggest thing you can do to say thank you. Um, it makes a big difference. So I appreciate you if you've already hit that like button. Um, uh, Jules is here from Seattle. Um, let's have a look. And Jules says, uh, my sister recently passed away from liver failure. Yeah, very sad to watch. So tough, isn't it? Um, sorry about that, Jules. Uh, Jacqueline says, good morning, Craig, and all you beautiful people coming up on six years. Well done, JC. Um, uh, Devon, yeah. Got to call out evil when we see it. Uh, it's 11.30 in Western Australia. Hi from Oz, says Virginia. 
Uh, Dorian says, is it normal to wake up with a hangover without drinking, uh, without having a drink? Uh, yeah. Uh, not every day, though. If you're waking up every day with a hangover, then it might be something else. Uh, phantom hangovers, I call them, and they are a bitch because they're so unfair. Um, I still get them now. You sometimes, Very, very infrequently, I will wake up with a raging hangover, and I think that's so unfair. Um, but I tell you, it, it might not be uh, like a throwback to your drinking days. It could be food-related. I don't know if anyone's going to agree with me on this, but does anyone else get curry hangovers? You have a really spicy Indian curry, and then the next morning you feel like you have a hangover. Anyone else get that? Or is that just me? So it's normal. Don't worry about it. Uh, the longer you stay sober, the less frequently they will happen, along with drinking dreams as well. Uh, they're a bit disturbing, uh, but they fade out. Um, Norway Lynn, uh, day 17 in Missouri. Been working on sober living for two months. So glad I found your forum. Thank you. Well done, Lynn. Um, uh, JC says, love your hypnosis audio track that you created me for last year too. Well done. Uh, Bill says, that's awesome, Jacqueline. Almost four for me. Craig's drinking history rings true for me. Um, oh, Mick's going to share his sleeping secrets on the forum um, very soon. So if you're not a member of the Stop Drinking Expert secret Facebook group, you can add it if you've bought the book or if you've, you're doing the course. That's kind of a free gift to you. You can join this kind of very secret community on there. Uh, Elaine says, my Fitbit proves alcohol disrupts sleep big time. True. And you can prove that for yourself. If you've got an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, get one of these sleep monitoring apps uh, and do a little experiment. I guarantee you, if you drink alcohol, your app will tell you in the morning that you had terrible sleep. Uh, C. Lisa says, read Drink by David Nutt. Very good book. Uh, David Nutt was the UK's drug czar in the 1990s under Tony Blair. Uh, this book, Drink, it doesn't try and persuade you to stop drinking. Does It's not a stop drinking book. Um, it, it doesn't even try and persuade you to moderate. It just tells you the facts, plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's have a look. Thomas, you often say don't replace one addiction for another, but I did. I replaced my addiction uh, to alcohol with addiction to sobriety. I'm addicted to getting up early, working out, and then facing the challenges of a new day with a clear head. Thank you, Craig, for trafficking sobriety in my sober life. I'm a sobriety dealer. That's what I do. I deal sobriety. Do you want another hit? Uh, good post, Thomas. Thank you. Yeah. You can get, you know, the problem is with alcohol is it prevents you getting passionate about anything else. Uh, th there'll be things in your life that before you started drinking, you just love to do. You were so passionate about them. They, you could get up and do it every day. And then you stopped doing it because alcohol got in the way. And you couldn't do that thing with alcohol. So it just gives you so much scope to have success and awesome experiences in other areas of your life. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Robert Booth. Hi, Craig. Sorry I'm late. I was running with the dog. Quick off-topic question. <laughs> when is Bitcoin back? Back. I miss him. 
I don't know. It's all the the markets are all very suppressed at the moment, Robert, aren't they? Because of what's happening with inflation and um, the situation in Ukraine. Uh, my stance remains the same: uh, hold Bitcoin, hold Ethereum, and don't sell them. Uh, and there's some other, you know, cryptocurrencies that I think you, you should hold as well. Uh, and ones that I've mentioned previously, I got, you know, I always keep an eye on Reva, the Revolt token, because I think that's a great project. But it's just really early. They, as soon as they add Avalanche, then things might take off. Anyway, off topic, so I'll, I'll stop talking about that. Uh, Kurt Welling, I'm an addiction doctor, and I refer all my drinkers here. Thank you, Kurt. I really appreciate that, and I hope it helps. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Carla. Carla, is this your first time, Carla? I don't think I remember your name. If it is, you're very welcome. Uh, Robert Booth, on-topic question. Have you ever had a conversation with William Porter? I'd be absolutely fascinated to hear you both exchanging views. We were supposed to meet in London, Robert. Um, William uh, messaged me oh, two years ago now saying, I, I see that you're in London a lot. I live in London. We should meet up and have a coffee. And we, we kind of said, yeah, let's do that. And then the pandemic happened and it just didn't happen. But um, we were supposed to meet, yeah. Um, Kelly says, I was able to do an alcohol-free river cruise, but only after three months and had supportive husband who did bring wine, had a supportive husband who did bring wine into our room, drank alcohol-free beer in a wine glass, uh, made it feel festive. Yeah, it can be done. Uh, Facebook user. Hello, Craig. Life is good. Good. Carla, how do you stop those five words? What? Just one drink won't hurt. Well, it's not It's not you saying it, is it? It's the, this is why at the start of the course, I always say, look, you've got to separate yourself from the addiction. You are not a weak-willed, terrible person who's addicted to alcohol. You invited a rogue tenant to come and live in your head. And he's set up camp and he's got no intention of leaving. Now he lives in your head. And he's going to whisper in your ear in a voice that sounds very similar to yours. And he's going to say things that sound completely sensible and logical. Like just one drink won't hurt. You've got to understand that that's not you saying it. It is the addiction. It is the drug. And so it's not that you've got to stop yourself saying those words. You've just got to stop responding to the words. And every time you don't respond to the words, he gets a little bit weaker, gets a little bit more desperate. He gets a little bit more miserable. And that's our job. We've got to spend the rest of our lives making him as miserable as possible. Starve him of oxygen. That's what we do. Um, UFO nut, hit like for our man Craig. <laughs> Elbow cough. Okay. Uh, Devon35 says, the clown got me in the past by saying, listen to music and relax. Yeah, you've had a tough day. Chill out. Why don't you just kick back, put some music on, pour yourself a glass of wine? It all sounds very sensible, doesn't it? You've seen it on TV. That's what people do when they've had a hard day. They come home, they kick their shoes off, they lounge back, they pour the wine, they relax the music. It's painting a picture. And, you know, this is pure sales psychology, right? You know, if I want to sell you a car, you know, I can tell you the facts about the car. I can say it goes this fast. It's this safe. Uh, it's made of this material. You'll get this many gas miles out of it. And you might buy it if you're in the market for a car. 
But if I can make you feel something, if I can use words that make an emotion build within you, there's much more chance you're going to buy a car off me. You know, that's why car salesmen do this sort of stuff where they say, just imagine, you know, taking your wife and your, ch your kids out in this car. Uh, you put the top down. You're heading out. The sun's, uh, sun's out. You're just cruising down the highway to just, you know, put the music on. This is the car that everyone's going to stop and look at. As you drive through town, everyone's going to be admiring you in this car. This is the car real men drive. And all this sort of stuff is to make you feel an emotion. And that's what we're being bombarded with by the media and the TV and the movies. You know, the, all these detective shows where when they're really serious and they're going to get their job done, what do they do? They pour a glass of whiskey and everyone drinks whiskey. Bullshit. It's just psychology to get you drink to drink. Um, Anata, two months, 16 days today. Superstar. Well done. Um, Let's have a look. Trish says, six weeks sober. My husband is feeling nervous about my commitment to alcohol-free life. I think he's concerned that I'm looking at his drinking and judging. I'm trying not to, but it's right there. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, you, you really, and it's so hard not to judge. I know, I really know, but there's nothing worse than, um, you know, someone who stopped drinking and is now a sobriety preacher. Uh, and it's counterintuitive that the more you judge your husband, the more he'll want to drink. And the more he'll start drinking behind your back, the more he'll feel compelled to hide his drinking from you. If he wants to drink, just let him drink. Uh, you just do what you do. Focus on yourself. Let him observe how good your life is and how good your health is and let him pick that up kind of subconsciously. If you, you know, if you're giving him dirty looks and, <coughs> you know, um, the odd little comment, it, you, you know what it's like yourself when you're not in that place where you want to stop drinking, that stuff just really annoys you. Uh, and you don't want to create that friction in your relationship. This is a solo journey. Like I always say, it's a tightrope walk. You're going to walk this rope on your own because there is no room for two people. Your husband can follow behind if he wants, but that's his choice, not yours. Mm. Bill says, my wife stopped drinking with me, although she was never a problem drinker. That really helped me go forward. Yeah. It's so much easier to, to, to live in an alcohol-free house. is just peaceful. It just means that alcohol doesn't come into your safe space. You know, uh, I don't want stuff in my safe space that can hurt me. For that reason, I don't have guns in the house. I don't have alcohol in the house. I don't have drugs in the house. I don't have anything that's like, like that because it's where I'm safe. Yeah. Uh, what I always suggest is, you know, when you start this journey, you have a very frank conversation with your partner and you ask them, ask them, can we have an alcohol free home? You know, I don't mind if you go to the pub every night and drink, but can we have no alcohol in our home? And probably half half the partners out there will understand what's going on and say, yeah, okay, I get it. I want to support you. I love you. I'm going to do this for you. The other half will see it as a, an attack. And in those situations, I always suggest you go for a compromise. 
you say, okay, I understand. Don't get angry about it because think about it. You know, when you were drinking, you probably would have been, you know, upset at the suggestion. But you just say, look, can we have an alcohol-free home for one month, three weeks, something like that, just to allow you to get into the groove, you know, to get into the rhythm. But it does help to live in an alcohol-free house. Mark Clark. Howdy from Oklahoma. Welcome, Mark. Um, Elaine is wondering if anyone is here from England watching. Hi from Norfolk for the first time. Welcome. Um, Julianne says, just remembering hobbies really helped sobriety. Salsa dancing is good. People don't tend to drink. Yeah, because uh, they take it seriously. It's not like drunken dancing, is it? Um, I'm nine months sober. Love you, Craig. Well, I love you too. Um, Celia says, I used to follow Big No-No. The guy is a mess. I've never heard of him. I will I will look him up. Um, Kelly says, the evil clown tempted by saying, oh, your friends are bringing a 2015 Bordeaux to dinner. And remember how seductive it is to decant the wine, smell the aroma, swirl the big glass. I laughed at him. Yeah. It's it's silly, isn't it? Have you noticed that um, they put the word fine in front of alcohol, don't they? We're going to have a fine wine. What makes it fine? How is it any different than a cheap bottle of Plunk? It's just vegetable matter that's been allowed to rot in a very specific way. What's fine about it? And the latest craze is craft ale. Or having a craft ale. What do you mean you're having a beer? What's craft about it? Oh, it's made by hand. Well, as opposed to what? It's just these fancy words uh, that we put in, in front of them that you don't do with other stuff, do you? You don't say, I'm going to have a fine piece of chicken tonight, do you? You just say, we're having chicken tonight. It's just, it's all part of the nonsense wrapped around this drug to make it feel like you're getting something special. And I'm just as guilty as anyone else. You know, I used to have, I think, £25,000 on a credit card. And yet I was buying bottles of Chateau Lynchbarge at like £250 a bottle just to say that I had a fine bottle of wine in the rack. It's crazy. Um, Philip says... Last weekend, I suggested to my wife we should plan a barbecue with the family. Really, it was the evil clown wanting to plan its next drink. It was only the next day I realized. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, how you, you only want to do social things that facilitate drinking. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you just get trapped into that loop. Um. Have a look. Turkish Jade. Two years, uh, two plus years totally sober, no sickness or even headaches, not even a sniffle. Seems amazing. Always had a cold at least two times a year before. True, yeah. Alcohol weakens your immune system. And yet people still drink it, thinking they're protecting themselves against coronavirus. Dr. Danger, uh, 42 days. You're doing awesome. Keep going. Uh, Amelia, hi from California, thinking of going alcohol free, and I found this channel. What's stopping you, Amelia? Why haven't you done it so far? What's the big hurdle? Uh, Daryl, 
in Toowoomba. They have such cool town names in Australia, don't they? Uh, I have to get alcohol under control. First time on your live. Been watching and following. Action time for me now. Good call, Daryl. You're making the right decision. Um, Doug. Uh, hi, Craig. Almost impossible to do this on my own. But my new addiction is listening to you. Yeah. And there's no shame in admitting that, you know. Most people can't do this on their own. Everyone wants to. Uh, and I've said this many times before as well. Nobody comes to me first. You know, I, people come to me after their 10th, 20th, 50th time of trying to do this on their own. Uh, and they're, they're kind of out of options. They're like, oh, I might as well listen to this weird British guy because nothing else has worked. But nobody comes to me first. Everyone thinks, oh, I can do this on my own. And you just fail repeatedly. And it's so depressing. That's part of the, the one of the most awful things about alcohol addiction is that constant failure, that constant waking up in the morning and saying, I'm never drinking again. And then 12 hours later, you're drinking again. And it, you do it again the next morning. You're in a continuous loop that goes on for years of saying, I'm never drinking again, drinking, never drinking again, drinking. And you're constantly failing. It must have unimaginable negative effects on your mental health to constantly fail like. So don't worry. You're with friends, Doug. Make sure you come back every week. Um, Cotton Eye Joe, I use these YouTube meetings three times a week. They're so much better than AA meetings. All they do is talk about alcohol and try and sell me something. Um, I didn't think AA tried to sell something, did they? They're just boring. <laughs> I went to an AA meeting. It was just dull. Uh, you know, it was just someone reading out of a book badly. I can read a book myself. I don't need someone to read it to me. Um, Jacqueline says, I left AA after three years. For me, it began doing more harm than good. There is so much more out there to get well not using AA like this channel. Uh, uh, look, this, this lunatic's back again. Let's, uh, let's get rid of him, shall we? One moment. Block. There we go. Just block the evil clown. Um, let's have a look. Um, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. In Caerphilly, in South Wales. From Wales, are you now? I can do a little Welsh accent. Um, struggling. Why are you struggling, Kath? What's the, um, what keeps calling you back? What is alcohol whispering in your ear that you believe? Tell me, because I already know it's a lie, but maybe we can put some flesh on the bones and talk about it. Uh, Angry School says, I feel that the goal of moderate drinking is pointless when we all know having one or two drinks a day is not going to have any positive effect on problem drinkers. Um, it's, it's, you're quite right. It's, it's a horrible thing to moderate your drinking. It's torture. And pe people always say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to stop, but I definitely want to cut down. I'm like, well, why would you do the thing that's painful when you can do the thing that's easy? You know, if it's like saying, uh, all right, I'm going to I'm addicted to chocolate cake. So I'm going to try and I'm going to try and control my chocolate cake intake by just having a sniff of a chocolate cake once a day. Because that's a, that's what it's, it's like for a problem drinker. You know, one glass of alcohol to me. It's not going to do anything. It's not even going to touch the sides. You know, I, I was drinking like half a bottle of vodka a day, you know, two bottles of wine a day, one glass. 
I could in inhale that. So, you know, imagine trying to control your chocolate cake addiction by having a sniff of a chocolate cake once a day. Is that going to make you feel better or worse? Or is it going to drive you completely round the bend with frustration? I totally agree with you. Thanks for making the point. Um, Norway Lynn says she liked the channel today. Found out about Craig Beck last week. Yay. Thank you for the like. It's very much appreciated. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Clifford. Hi, Craig from Derbyshire. 10 months without poison. Thanks to you. Went on holiday to Gran Canaria last week. Had no alcohol. I truly enjoyed myself and felt so fresh and ready for another day. So good, isn't it? Because you know on, when you go on holiday, the drinking starts, what, 10 in the morning? You buy the pool, someone gets the beers in, don't they? And you pretty much continue drinking all the way through. And before you know it, it's time to go home. You go home with a big hangover. Um, search one, three years sober. Appreciate your work. Three years, fantastic. Um, James says, my food hangover is Chinese takeout. I think it has a lot to do with the MSG and the salt. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's have a look. The criminologist, 1,097 days, three years, one day, one trillion seconds. Okay, very good. Um, an angry school says from Milwaukee as well. Uh, is that right, Celia, that David Nutt owns a wine bar? Really? I hadn't heard that. Um, like I said, his book, he does, he's not trying to convince you. He does, I don't think he even says if he drinks or not, but, and he's not trying to convince you not to drink. He's just saying, look, if you want to drink alcohol, then do it with your eyes open. Here's what you're doing to yourself. Uh, Freddie Santos is here. Welcome, Freddie. Don't worry about being late. Um, UFO not. Bitcoin is holding strong. Uh, it's, yeah, well, it's nudging 41,000. It's been a crappy three months, though, hasn't it? Um, Dawn Holly Johnson, uh, a friend called, said she was ready to stop drinking. I have strong willpower. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. There's no strength in willpower. Willpower is civil war in your head. Willpower is putting your conscious mind into battle against your subconscious mind, like trying to move a mountain with a spoon. Um, oh, good, good. I told her I understand and referred her to your channel. Well, uh, hopefully she's here. Hopefully she's here. Um, Jessica Rollinson-Sims, uh, you and William Porter should do a live together. Uh, my two favorite quit-drinking men. Well, William, if you're listening and you want to do, come on and... Uh, do a live session, very, very welcome. In fact, uh, all of the uh, Stop Drinking authors out there, Annie Grace, um, Kevin, is it Kevin O'Leary? No, it's not Kevin O'Leary, is it? That's the money guy. But um, you know who I'm talking about. All welcome to come on anytime. Let's have a look. Turning Tree, England here. Welcome, Turning Tree. Elaine says, my husband likes a pint of ale every six months or so, so stopping drinking for me should be easy. Once I'm over the kick, it'll be easier. Yeah, very much like my wife, Elaine. My wife drinks alcohol maybe 
She'll have one glass of something every three months, something like that. Um, C. Lisa says, been following Craig since reading Alcohol Lied to Me. Your information is true and encouraging. Thank you very much. If you would like a free copy of my book, by the way, you just have to go to the webinar uh, and then you get it at the end. I'll give you a download link. Um, Cat Obi, I love you, Craig. You tell it like it is, period. Uh, <laughs> you know, my wife told me off the other day. Um, she said, I'm too blunt. Uh, and people might find it offensive when I just, you know, don't pull the punches. Uh, I, I just said, look, I, I can't, I can't change. It's who I am. Um, but I get it. It's not going to be for everyone. Um, Ronnie, Ronnie from Cleveland. Hello, Craig. My husband also quit drinking, even though he was not a problem drinker. His love and support has meant the world to me. Yeah. You know, if you're with someone who is genuinely a social drinker, um, it's kind of easy for them, really, to just cut it out in the house. And it does make such a huge difference. It, you know, I've lived with problem drinkers. You know, being a sober man, I've lived with problem drinkers. Uh, and it really does, it, it, it's not, I was never tempted to join them. It just made me feel sad more than anything to watch to watch them do that to themselves. It just made me, because they changed. They weren't the same person that I fell in love with, you know, when they drank, they became someone else. And I didn't like that person. Uh, so it, it wasn't that it was putting pressure on me and I felt like I wanted a drink. It's just, it made me feel sad a lot and nobody wants to feel sad in their own home. do they? Um, Janet says the AA folks are so depressing. Well, some of them, Janet, I'm guess I don't know them all. You know, there's some very good people, very well-intentioned people in AA. Um, it's just, for me, you know, going into a, a room and talking about how much you hate alcohol and telling stories of woe every week doesn't seem like something I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, buy a litre of petrol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Petrol's probably more expensive than fine wine at the moment, isn't it? Donna, how long should one be sober before coming to a firm decision regarding staying or leaving a troubled marriage of several years? Does clarity come with a certain period of sobriety numbered, uh, numbed before? Uh, that, that's a difficult question, Donna. There, there's no time frame because it's, this is different for everyone. Um, look, if you know, you know, don't you? Um, all I can tell you is what happened with me is um, I think alcohol made me kind of overlook all the problems and damage and carnage in my life. Uh, it made, I knew it was there, but I could just make it go away by drinking anesthetic. I knew my marriage was not normal, that it wasn't really a marriage. We were just two people who lived in a house. We were just parents who lived in a house together. I knew that my career was going nowhere. I knew that my finances were a complete shambles. I knew my health was going downhill fast, but I was managing to ignore all this by taking an anesthetic every night. And then pretty quickly after I stopped drinking, I'm talking weeks and months, I couldn't help but look at my life with honest eyes and say, wow, that's, that's screwed up. 
this is not what I want. Uh, and for me, a big driving factor um, is I, I, I'm afraid of regret. I don't want to be 80 years old looking back at my life full of regret about what I didn't do. I, I did. I, it kept haunting me. I didn't. I thought I didn't want to be 80 year, years old and say, "Why didn't you fix this?" You know, 40 years ago, why didn't you do something about this? Why did you just stay miserable? And so uh, I took action. You know, I ended my relationship. I changed my career. I moved country. I worked on my finances. And I'm not saying it was easy. Don't think that this path will be an easy one. It's tough. You know, it's going to be difficult, but being sober, you're much more equipped and able to deal with it than if you were drinking. So that's going to be a very personal decision for you. Um, don't take it lightly. Get advice, but do what your gut tells you. Do you what you feel is right, is what I would say. Uh, Sonia, I found your books on Audible before Millionaire Mindset. Changed my thinking forever. Ended up buying your alcohol lied to me for my partner. Read it for myself and haven't touched a drop in two years. I made you sober by stealth, you see. That's what I do. I sneak into people's lives and ruin alcohol for them. Uh, spontaneous sobriety work for me. Lots of reading. Finding some readings that appeal to you. It all helps. Yeah, if you're open to the message, then, you know, the teacher appears, as they say. Once you get it, you know, once you're in that frame of mind that this is what I want, you'll find evidence to support your thinking everywhere you look, and vice versa, of course. You know, this is why people stay in the loop, because they want, they've got confirmation bias. They want evidence to prove that what they're doing is okay and they can carry on. And so they, you know, they subconsciously, unconsciously, they search for evidence to support their drinking uh you on your boat craig very nice mates it's my yeah uh, i love my boat I come here every day i use it as my office um couldn't have afforded a boat if i was drinking i was always broke when i was drinking uh, paul says sleep has gotten so better with sobriety i feel much more rested in the morning don't underestimate the power of that in your life as well. Getting good sleep every night just gives you so much power, so much more creativity. Ah, Kevin O'Hara. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Kevin O'Hara, I forgot you. Thank you very much. Um, Cotton Eye Joe. David Nutt says he owns a wine bar at the very beginning of his book, and you said you read it. I'm off for a lie down. My head's going to fall off. Yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Um, let's have a look we're going to wrap up soon because we've done over an hour today and I'm going to end up boring you all uh, C. Lisa says you're blunt but you're not nasty <laughs> thank you, tell my wife um, my uh, sister recently passed away from liver failure even that didn't make me stop drinking I've stopped now, I'm so glad uh, my thanks to your program yeah well, you know, I talk about this in the course. You know, I my doctor told me that I my health was in serious trouble because of my drinking and referred me to a consultant. Uh, and even, I mean, that night that I got that diagnosis from the doctor, I cried myself to sleep. Not because I felt sorry for myself. I just felt so ashamed that I, I was going to be the sort of man who put myself in a grave 
and made my children come to my funeral because I couldn't stop drinking wine every night. I was felt, felt so ashamed of myself. And I stopped drinking because of that for about three weeks. Even being told by a doctor that I was killing myself was only powerful enough to stop me drinking for three weeks. How crazy is that, huh? Virginia, direct bluntness is definitely the best way. No bullshit. That's what works for me. Doesn't work for everyone. I do know that. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Steve Anderson, first time here from Halifax, Canada. Welcome, Steve. You're very welcome. And let's give the final word here to Mr. Cheat Down. Hello to all from a Mexican beach on vacation, not drinking. Wow. Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Um, please come back. Come back every week. Just put it in your diary, 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. for the next couple of weeks. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. GMT. Uh, let's just get together for half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that, and touch base and remember why we're doing this. I think it's really valuable. I think it really helps. I really appreciate you being here. Before you go, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. It makes a big difference. Thanks a lot. See you soon.